Hey gorgeous, if you want success on your fertility journey, you've got to have the mindset for it. It's time to kick fear, negativity, doubt, shame, jealousy, and the whole clown car of low vibe fertility journey BS to the curb. I'm your host, Roseanne Austin, fertility mindset master, former prosecutor and recovering type A control freak perfectionist. I use the power of mindset to get pregnant naturally and have my baby boy at 43, despite years of fertility treatment failure. I help women across the globe beat the odds on their fertility journey just like I did. Get ready for a quick hit of confidence, joy, feminine badassery, and loads of hell yes for your fertility journey. It's time to get fearless, baby, fearlessly fertile. Let's do this. Welcome to the Fearlessly Fertile Podcast, episode 93. She had a less than 1% chance and succeeded. Welcome, my loves. I am so excited to be here with you this week and presenting you with truly an extraordinary story of triumph. My ladies have an incredible way of beating the most insane odds. And when you meet a new, you will hear how she did it as well. So, loves, okay, if you're coming to this podcast today and you've gotten some shitty news or it feels like this year has been nothing but loss, misery, quote-unquote failure for you, You've really, really, really got to put this shit on blast because when a woman gets her mindset on board, she is able to create the most incredible quantum leaps in her life. You must learn how to think, believe, and take action like a woman who succeeds on this journey if you have any intention of succeeding. And when you hear my interview with Anu, you're going to hear How at 44, with a less than 1% chance, loves, Anu was able to make her dream of getting pregnant naturally come true. With so many people bombarding us with information about why we can't have what we want or why what we want is out of reach or difficult, I truly hope that you will be inspired by Anu's story and see how powerful you can be when you align your body and mind. Here's my interview with Anu. How did you find yourself on this journey, doll? Sure. So I've been married for four years and we started trying to conceive probably a year into our marriage. And two years ago, I got pregnant and I miscarried after six weeks. And it was pretty sad, horrifying, but it kind of also made me started to look at my life and my lifestyle. So, you know, there's a a lot of what you've written in your book just hit really close to home for me and put things into perspective. But when I miscarried, I realized I was super stressed at work. I was not connecting with my husband the way I should. Was I just having sex for the sake of getting pregnant? Like there's so many questions that I was thinking. Also, is this something that I want to do? Or is this the expectation of like what society wants or my family wants? So I kind of hit the pause button, so to speak. And then, you know, had a conversation with one of my family doctors and, you know, she had the conversation where you're getting there in age, if you want to have kids, let's look at some fertility treatments. So I started, I want to say in 2017, I went to my first fertility doctor and it was terrifying. She was not... Sometimes I feel like some people should not be doing the profession that they're doing if they're not compassionate or (laughs) no, seriously, right? Like I've had so many experiences. I used to be a social worker 
And I knew when I couldn't be my most authentic self that I shouldn't be doing that job anymore. Wow. Wow. Right? I mean, what, I mean, I love that you're saying that. Like, because essentially what you're saying is the minute we lose our compassion, we need to take a step back and ask ourselves what is going on. Absolutely. And this, this fertility doctor, she kind of pulled out those charts, you know, the infamous charts that any woman that's gone to fertility treatments, here's your age, here's a percentage of you trying to conceive naturally and good luck, so to speak. And my husband had never like been a part of this process. Neither had I, but I always come, I always try and find the positive out of everything. That's just my motto. And he would, he, he looked like he wanted to cry. Wow. Like, is this actually going to happen? This is not going to happen for us. And I'm an observer. So I realized that after our, our initial assessment or meeting with her, we had to get a blood test and all that stuff. And there was a video of her and not to be, be judgmental. That's the last thing I am. But I noticed while we were in the office with her, she wasn't wearing her wedding ring. But in the video, she was wearing this huge rock. Right. <laughs> so I, I said to him, I was like, listen, everyone has a bad day. Maybe it's a bad day. Maybe her marriage is not working or she's not married anymore. Or it could be a bunch of things, but it's not us. And we shouldn't make it about us. Mm. And let's just do the blood test. But I don't want to come back to this fertility clinic. He said, okay, fair enough. So I went back to my family doctor, said, thanks for sending me. Not the experience that I want to start this journey with. So she referred me to another um, fertility clinic much better experience. And at at the same time, I started to change my diet. And I think just because of my age, I wanted to be more mindful of what I was eating, what I was putting into my body. You know, you've mentioned this in your book as well, but I went to go see a traditional Chinese medicine doctor. And the doctor, I still see him up to this day, fantastic person, but he just kind of said to me, you're trying to conceive. I said, yes. He said, your internal temperature in your womb is cold. Would you want your child to be born in a cold room? I said, absolutely not. He's like, we refer to the womb as a child's palace. Oh, wow. Yes. So I want you to start changing what you're putting in your system because you're only eating cold foods. So there's no way that your temperature inside is getting warm. So let's start getting you eating warm foods and hot foods to raise your internal temperature. I said, okay. So I started, you know, changing my diet, doing a lot of holistic stuff with him and then started my fertility treatments, you know, and I did, I did, um, there's so many, so many injections I was taking and getting up seven o'clock in the morning, doing the ultrasound, getting the blood checked. And I worked on the other end of the city. So you know, stressed, am I going to make it to work on time? I don't want people at work to know what I'm doing, you know, and I'm a private person. So needless to say, that process took about three months. But anytime they got my tests to come back, they said, oh, I know we're sorry. You're not going to be conceiving. Like we, we were, that's really, we're really sorry. I said, well, I'm not like in my mind, I was like, if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, okay. But to hear them on the other end of the phone saying, oh, we really apologize. And that's really crappy that you got your period. And I, you know, again, I thought to myself, maybe I'm just not meant to be a part of this process. 
Um, yeah. And then I told my family, doctor, listen, I just want to take a break from all of this and just focus on myself. I started meditating and started just changing other things about my life, started working out, et cetera. And then I moved, my husband and I bought a new house. I got fired from my job, which was the best thing that ever happened. And then my new family doctor said to me, listen, you've already tried two places. Why don't you try this IVF clinic? We went there and I went in knowing that I'm probably going to get the same old answers that I'm from everybody else. And I had seen this doctor. We had gone through kind of one round of tests and ultrasounds and all of those things. And the doctor said, you have one, less than 1% chance of conceiving. And it was around my birthday that he said this to me. And my husband's like, I think we should just give up. This is stressing you out. This is stressing us out. And I said to him, my whole motto since I was a kid was if someone says to me, I can't do something, I like to prove them wrong. This is how I know I'm in the presence of one of my <laughs> not taking no for an answer. No. Oh, I love it. Okay. Well, and so mm-hmm. at this point, mm-hmm. the only thing that you have like as a knock against you is age. Yes. And how old were you at that point? So when I started the process, I was 41. Okay. okay. And when I saw this doctor, I was 43. So here in Canada, in Toronto, where I live, if you're under the age of 44, there's certain tests, um, certain treatments, fertility treatments that are covered. But because I was two weeks past or in and around like a day or two after my birthday, I didn't qualify. And yeah, so I was... I had just, I was 43 when I met, started this, pro, the final process mm-hmm. with the fertility treatment comp- place. And I said, nope, I'm going to prove them wrong. And I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. So, you know, I, I had stopped sort of Googling chances of getting pregnant, how to get pregnant naturally, et cetera, all that stuff. And I was on Facebook and your ad popped up for your book. and. Because I was getting, I'd say, I wouldn't say bitter. I like to use the word shaded or jaded. I saw your book and I was like, what do I have to lose? To be honest, what do I have to lose? And I saw your book and everything that you wrote in the book was on the path that I was on or know that that's the path that I should have been taking. I was doing the meditating. The manifesting, I tell people to manifest, I wasn't manifesting myself, I wasn't manifesting myself. You were talking about setting intentions, doing prayers, right? Like all of those things, it was like an aha moment where I know I should be doing this. Why haven't I done this? And thank you for telling me that this is going to be something that's going to help me put perspective on what I really want. Mm. Mm -hmm. I receive that. Like I so receive that, but it's because this is not a, this is not something that we've been trained as women to consider at all on this journey, on this journey. Wow. Absolutely. And, you know, I think I have a very great relationship with my husband. This is my second marriage. So second time's a charm for me. And I had said to him, you know, I'm reading this book and I read your book in like less than a week. And I said to him, we need to go shopping. And he's like, for what? I said, we need to get stuffed animals. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I said, you get one. I get one. He said, okay. We picked two stuffed animals. We have a guest room. 
And it's interesting, the people that lived here before had it as a nursery. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. Talk yes. about this, man. Right? I love it. Yes. So we put the stuffed animals on the bed. And then I've always been manifesting like vacations and houses. Well, what I said to him is like, here, I had the post-it note. So I gave him a couple of post-it notes and I just took one post-it note. And I said, I want you to put this on the wall beside your side of the bed. And I'm going to put this on my nightstand. And we both put wanting a health, wanting a healthy baby. He put 2020, I put 2021. And we wrote it, didn't even realize we're writing the same thing. And I said, he's like, does this work? I said, it does work if you believe in it. And, you know, Roseanne, while I was doing all of this, following the routine, the self-care routine, I saw a quote that was in line with everything that you were talking about. You know, especially during COVID, they said that if you can't go outside, I saw this quote, if you can't go outside, then go inside. Wow. Yes. That was such a significant change for me where it just put it into perspective that I need to focus on me. Forget about trying to help the whole world. I need to do what I need to do for myself. And, you know, I was, I was, my, my sister has a cottage. I was doing gardening. I was just doing things that made me happy. As you mentioned, do stuff for you. And I went to my sister's cottage and had a girl's weekend. I was t- came back and I said to my husband, I'm late. He said, but you're never late. I said, I know I'm always on time. I said, I synced with the girls maybe. Oh, that's funny. Right? And he was <laughs> like, but you did? I'm like, yeah, yeah. And like, that happens. So he's like, well, when, when would you think that you'd get it? A couple of days, a week? I said, well, let's wait for a week. And it's interesting that I bought the pregnancy test, but I didn't want to take it. Mm-hmm. And as, as you know, Roseanne and anybody, any other woman who's been down this journey, it's the buildup and then the letdown. And I was at a point where I don't want to see another pregnancy test. Like in my mind, I was like, you know what? If it happens, great. If it doesn't, that was my mindset. But I had kind of already thought, I'm, I'll keep my fingers crossed. So I waited, I did the test and I wouldn't look at it. I told him to look at it and it was July 16th and he looked at it and I just saw the tears running down his eyes. He's like, is this what I think it means? And I saw it and I said, maybe I need to do another test. And he's like, I think he's like, it's it's not going to change the answer. He's like, wow, this is, this is happening. And, you know, Roseanne, a lot of what you've talked about in terms of God and what people believe in, July 16th is the third year death anniversary of my mother-in-law. Oh, oh my gosh. A new, like I have goosebumps going up my arm and like tears are coming to my eyes right now. Like I, oh my gosh. Wow. And yeah, I'm trying not to cry, but I didn't realize till the end of the day what day it was. And uh, I said to my husband, do you know what today is? He's like, yeah, it's July 16th. And I said, today's the day your mom passed. And I said, she's given us our gift. Oh my gosh. Anu, 
I am so glad I'm wearing waterproof <laughs> right now. Are you kidding me right now? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yes. So now I'm um, 17 weeks pregnant and I'm just so relaxed. I'm meditating, doing everything and just waiting to have this miracle baby come into this world. Wow. Yes. Wow. 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 Okay. So let's, let me make sure I, I mean, cause I'm like blown away right now. When we, when we press the rewind button on this, we look at you started when you're 41, mm-hmm. you're having all of these long faced lab coats telling you it's not going to happen. Essentially, essentially you change clinics a couple times. You, you find this, this last doctor and you're you're doing all the things and and so and you're 43 at this point right and you're basically beating the odds you said that your your physician told you you had a less than 1% chance of conceiving yes and look at you now i know it's it's surreal i know i'm pregnant but some days i feel like i'm i'm dreaming and being at home, very relaxed, not having stress, and just putting what I want and what we want as a priority kind of shifted everything. I've never been more relaxed in my life. And I think I was trying to find the goodness out of everything. This quarantine baby came because I wasn't doing a million things. I wasn't super stressed. I had given myself some time just to do me. You know, that's incredible because, you know, you followed your heart. There was something, because you had said something earlier, essentially, you know, I I just, I don't feel like I'm meant to be part of this, right? Like all the, the fertility chaos that can take over our lives. You decided to do things differently. You mm-hmm. decided to, to lean in and do things differently. What would you say about that? Like, cause that, you know, cause sometimes women get this idea that if I'm not stressed out, I don't care about it. Right. Like sometimes we fool ourselves into thinking, well, if I'm not psycho about this and if I'm not like, you know, running myself ragged, I might not be doing enough or I might not be doing it right. Like, what would you say about that? You know, I feel like our mind is such a powerful thing. And what I remember going into the second fertility clinic. They were like the nicest people ever, but I'd go in with the mindset seven o'clock in the morning. My bladder is super full. (laughs) I know I, I need to do this, but it's a part of the process. But the last thing I need to do be doing to myself is stressing myself. So I feel like at the beginning, like for the first, I'd say two months, by the third month, I was like, okay, you know what? This is not for me because it's not aligned with who I was becoming as a person. Like I started to look, and I hate to say this, Roseanne, I mean, like everyone's entitled to doing their own kind of work, but I started to look at how many women were at this fertility clinic at seven o'clock in the morning, right? How much of a lineup? Like there's a lineup of people. Mm-hmm. Right. The amount of people that were going through who was doing IVF, who's doing blood tests, who's doing this, who's doing that. And I thought to myself, wow. Right. And for me, it kind of put the pause button where 
we're working on this part, but what about the internal part? Absolutely. Sister, this is what is, I think this is why you hear me say that this is the piece that is missing. You know, we put so much, and and look, I coach enough physicians. I've had enough physicians on this podcast to have nothing but love and respect, but it's not the whole picture. And you're proving that. I mean, look at you today. <laughs> like, look at you today. You yes. beat the odds. I mean, normally, okay, because okay, this is why this is such an important story. And this is such an important truth to be sharing is most of the time when people hear you have a less than 1% chance, they hang it up. They let go of the dream. They walk away. You didn't. No, I feel that, you know, I didn't get demoralized. There were times that I felt like, Maybe this is my karma. Okay, I'm Hindu, right? Is this my karma? And I that was a very negative way for my thought process to go. But I said, no, like, you know, everyone's like, oh, you're going to be such a great mother. Or if you can't, why don't you adopt? You write about that in your book. I thought to myself, you know what? Hey, even if I have my own child, I'd probably adopt anyways. But I'd like, I'd like to experience that process of becoming a mom. But Roseanne, the more I started to meditate, the more I started to manifest. I started, you know, and I, I know this might sound hokey to some people, but I remember whether it was the day I conceived. A lot of women say that they know when they conceived. I saw this little face. I saw a baby's face. I was in between sleep, but I was like, oh, am I dreaming? Like, what, it, what is this that I'm seeing? And I had like a flutter in my heart. Oh my gosh. Right. And I didn't know I was pregnant at this time. It was happening around that time. And I thought to myself, here's some hope. The universe, God is giving me hope to be like, don't give up. It's, it's not your time to give up. Wow. You know, and, and I think what happens, I mean, so many of us, it's funny that you share that. And I, I'm so grateful that you shared that piece of it because I felt the same way around the time that we conceived Asher. There was just something in me that said, this boy is coming. I mean, I knew that for some time, but there was a, a very precise period of time when I said, this, this is time. And it was so calm. It was a knowing. It was a very deep knowing in my heart that he was coming. Mm. And it's really weird. It's the only time on this, and you know, my journey was, you know, twice as long as yours. So, so it's like, you know, like it would have been easy. And I love it that you got there faster than I did. <laughs> I'm like, thank God for that. Like that, you know, that's why I wrote this book is like, don't spend seven years on this journey. If you don't have to, if you can tap into something now, and if you can start applying these things now, why not? That's right. And I think it's much needed, but you know, Roseanne, you could have, you could have just taken that idea and kept it to yourself, but that, you know, this is something that's a gift that should be shared with people and bless your heart for doing that because there's a lot of people that would take this and be like, oh, it worked with me, but you know, that's it. I'm going to keep it to myself. You, how many lives you've changed, how many women's lives and families' lives you've changed. And, you know, there's, there's one other piece that I, I sort of just want to mention that just happened recently. So I went for my second ultrasound and I was probably about six, seven weeks at this point. And, you know, there was the woman who was doing the ultrasound and I wouldn't look at the screen. And because of COVID, my husband can't come into the room with me. So 
she turned the screen around and she's like, you don't want to look at it. And I looked over and then she put on the sound and I started crying when I heard the heartbeat. And it was my first time hearing the baby's heartbeat. And I started crying and she's like, don't be sad. You shouldn't be crying because you shouldn't be crying. Don't be sad. And I said, I'm crying because I'm happy. I'm like, this is a miracle. And I, whether it's the social worker in me or the empath or whatever, people love to tell me their whole life story. The woman said to me, she's like, listen, I'm in my forties and I'm having so much trouble conceiving. Wow. And she said, how did you do this? She's like, did you meditate? Did you do this? I did all of the above, but I said, there's one thing that helped change my life to help me get to this point. And her name's Roseanne Austin. So (laughs) I told, I wrote down your book name, your name. I said, listen, if I could tell you what kind of helped me on my journey or all of these things, but I feel like the final push that I needed was to have read your book, Roseanne. So I said to her, you should get this. I said, stop investing in other things. This is going to help put perspective on, on what you need. Yeah. I am so humbled by that, Anu. And, and, and look, part of Nobody leaves their work as a prosecutor willingly, right? People, I I left a a very, very secure, predictable career. There's two ways that people leave that work. They're either on a stretcher because they died at their desk from overwork or something life-changing happened and they have an awakening. Mm -hmm. And I just made a decision that I had to share what I had learned because if I didn't, you know, like, how is that any gratitude? Like, I I like to say that I show my gratitude by showing the way. This is what worked for me. I want to put it out in the world because if I can save somebody some fucking misery, that's what I would love to do. That's how I give back because you're going to know this too. The first time that you hold your baby, you will, I mean, it's like something just so incredible happens. Mm. It's like, you have a miracle growing within you now, but there's something that holding this child and, and having physical contact with a living miracle, your life will never be the same. I can't wait and, for that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that commitment to sharing what you learned to give at a higher level, to be willing to endure the ridicule, the, the nonsense, you know, that comes along with having a controversial message at times. You're just going to be like, fuck it. Who cares? I'm putting my shit out in the world. I have a living miracle right here, right now. This is the call on my life. That's right. And it doesn't surprise me, Anu, that you would be changing as well. Mm-hmm. Careers. I mean, it makes perfect fucking sense to me. Absolutely. And Roseanne, the job that I was in for 12 years is extremely stressful. And I had just become so accustomed to it. Like it becomes part of your routine. But the pivotal point for me was if I'm trying to have a baby and I just miscarried because someone yelled and screamed at me, it made me so stressful at work. Is this what I really want? Right. And how you were talking about either you're carried out on a stretcher or something life changing happens. I think the great, the money, the stability, all that stuff is fantastic. But eventually that you get to a point in your life where you're like, okay, I made all this money. I have everything that I want, but something's missing and it's a little too late by that point. So I feel like we have to check ourselves too about what we really want versus what what we need. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what's interesting 
is that you, in essence, the woman that you became, well, you've always been that woman because ever, if, if you, if you, ever since you were a little girl, somebody tells you, no, you like to prove them wrong. I think what you did here, Anu, is you honored that part of you. You stayed true to that part of you. You were given an option. You could either turn your back on this dream, on this call on your life, or you could go back to being that little girl, that upstart little girl, a little bit of a, you know, a rebellious streak. And, and I think that if we could live that way more, we would stop blocking the good that is mm. trying to come to us all the time. What do you think? I, hands down. But also I feel there's like another level to it too. And I, I am a bit of a rebel, but since I turned 43, well, since I turned 40, I was like, I don't give a fuck 40 was my motto, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? Stuff that mattered to me before, it doesn't matter anymore. But when I've turned 43 and 44, my motto has been, it's not my shit to carry. And I think what I was doing was I was carrying everybody's stuff. So how could I allow a life to be born in me if I'm carrying everybody else's stuff wow. and not alone, right? And now you're right, I've changed. I'm, I've become like a different person, you know, since I turned 44, since I've gotten pregnant. I'm just, you know, it's whether, I, whether it's the hormones or not, I don't put up with people's shit anymore. And <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I don't, I, 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 right? And I'm the, like, I I try and help everybody, but then I'll tell people too. I'm like, listen, not my shit to carry, right? Or I'll say to them, listen, there's bigger problems in the world than what you're going through. And they'll just kind of look at me. I'm like, listen, I, I don't want stress in my life. And I think a lot of people, especially in my life, are so used to being dependent on me for stuff where now I'm putting myself first. And, and whether I chose to tell them I'm pregnant or not is also another part because I try to be as positive as possible, but I surround myself with positivity and yes. right. And I don't want to have people whose intentions are not coming from a good place for me to rain on my parade or even let them in my little circle. So, you and know, you've never needed that more. You've never needed that more. You're 44, 17 weeks pregnant. You had a less than 1% chance of conceiving. You, you're just on a different path, babe. You're just, you just have to accept you are a badass bitch right now. <laughs> you're just on a different path. Like, and, and you, I mean, this is what I do too. And I love this. I mean, we're like, you know, sisters from two different mothers. We're like, it, it's like, you just send people away with love. That's it, it. You just, you know, it's like, no, 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 not in my world. Because, you know, the other thing, I mean, I was, I was 40, almost 44 when I had Asher, I was 43 when I gave birth to him, but there were so many people coming at me with all their fear. And there's not a day that I was afraid during my pregnancy, not a single day. I just mm -hmm. said, look, I trust this boy. I trust myself. I trust Gus. I'm not going to surround this child with fear. No, just love and light. Yeah. I mean, cause you figure, you know, you know your mm -hmm. baby jumped through a lot of hoops to get here. Absolutely. One beautiful thing, a cousin of mine, she's, she struggled with fertility. She, she has a beautiful two-year-old daughter. She said to me, this baby was waiting to be born to you. Mm. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yes. I love that. And, yeah. but, 
But even more important is you had to become the woman that was willing to receive this baby. Yes. Like truly in your heart and like just just not allowing anything to distract you from what you knew to be true. My family, bless their heart. I have a huge family. My parents and my siblings, I sat down, even before I told them I was pregnant, I said to them, listen, I've eliminated any stress or tension in my life, but the only people that cause me stress and thrive on drama are you guys. And, (laughs) (laughs) and, And guess what? You have to handle your stuff yourself because I don't want any stress or drama in my life. And they just kind of said, like, looked at me like, are you okay? I said, I'm, I'm great. Never been better. But now it's time for me to focus on me and you guys focus on yourself because you did fine all these years. But know that I'm, I'm taking myself out of this equation and I'm putting myself first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I had just found out I was pregnant and I was waiting to tell them. I was like, I'll just tell them when I feel like telling them or if I feel like telling them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. Again, because what you what you just mentioned, it's like, you know, you know what you want and ne- whether it's positive, you want positivity. You don't want negativity around you, especially during this time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I mean, that's that's absolutely brilliant. And, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be in the position that you're in today if you hadn't gotten yourself to a new level. You hadn't challenged yourself. You hadn't been open to saying, Hey, let me just do things differently. And and let me be in my life differently. Because, you know, I love that, you know, the, your, your doctor, the Chinese medicine doctor had said, you know, the uterus is the castle, you know, a children's castle, but you actually did better than that. Mm-hmm. You, you made a decision that your entire life was going to be open. Your entire life was going to be about possibility, not limitation. You, Anu, you, you understand what you did. You became one of the, part of the 1%. Mm-hmm. Like, I love that. I love that. You know, people, <laughs> people would, most people would run away from that saying, oh my gosh, I have no chance. But you're like, basically, I'm going to be one of the 1%. That's it. You're in the one percenter club, baby. Single digit club. It's pretty mm-hmm. exclusive and pretty fucking awesome. So, so what would you say to the women listening? Maybe a woman who has gotten scary a scary statistic or a woman who's like, holy shit, my life is over. I'm 40. Or even if she's not in her forties, but has gotten a, a statistic that says, you know, you've got a single digit chance. What is the wisdom that you would want to impart to them? So again, not to hate on medical practitioners, you know, there's terminology. I I believe it's when a woman is over the age of, I believe 35 or 36, and she's trying to get pregnant. They call it a geriatric pregnancy. Oh, yes. Yes. I love that. So, um, when I heard that, I just chuckled and, you know, we, everyone says, Oh, 40 is the new 30. So why can't we apply that same mentality to when doctors are telling us your geriatric pregnancy or the chances of you conceiving are this, right? So I feel like we need to be our own cheerleader. Mm-hmm. And because you know what a doctor can tell us physically what they see potentially might be happening inside of us. But as a woman, we're very in tune with our own bodies. Right. 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 We, we know, hey, when, hey, you know, we're PMSing, we know when something's off, right? We should also be more in tune with doctor says, I have less than 10% chance of conceiving. 
we're like, well, you know what? I know I'm healthy. You know, I know I'm fairly regular with my periods. I know that I've been taking care of my body. I think that I'm, I'm even if it's 10%, I still have that 10% chance of conceiving. So I feel like it's just shifting, taking what they're saying with a grain of salt, mm-hmm. first and foremost. Don't let that be the end all be all. But I feel like there is much more confidence and much more power that we have within ourselves as women to believe in ourselves because we know ourselves better than anyone else. If we do that in every aspect of our life, when it comes to career, when it comes to school, when it comes to relationships, we should also apply that to what for to our fertility journey. Wow. And it's so true. And when you think about it, Anu, like this is it's far more strategic to focus on the 1% chance that you can versus the 99% that you can't. It's like, you're so much smarter to be like, I got a shot. I'm going to focus on that one shot. It's almost like I'm a nerd. So I like, I go back to a Star Wars example, like the very first Star Wars movie where Luke has to get those two bombs into that tiny vent at the Death Star to blow it all up. It's like, Focus on the one, on the opportunity that you have as opposed to, you know, all of the naysaying that's going on. I mean, you're just much more well-advised to focus your attention there as you did. And you're living proof of that. I mean, it's crazy what you have been through and to also see you on the other side of this now having conceived because this wasn't a result of your treatment. No, this is natural. I had stopped my treatments Like in January, I wasn't even getting treatments. I stopped doing the injections, the hormones, all of that. I said, I don't want any of that. I just need you to tell me what my options are. That's it. So technically, the last time I actually had any treatments was probably about a year and a half ago. So yeah, this was all natural without any fertility help whatsoever. Wow. Wow. Except the fertility help that you got for yourself and, and opened, it, it's the piece that everybody misses. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You know, the most important. Oh God. Oh man. And so I knew, I mean, I'm just so I'm floored. You, you made my day. This is just, it's such a delight to see you in this way and to see you on the other side of this. And just think about the way that you're going to show up as a mom. Like, I mean, just imagine, like, I, that's the thing that is like so blowing my mind right now, even for myself and any of my other amazing ladies around the world is like, think about how you're going to mother. Mm-hmm. Like, how much more can you bring to the table as a mom now that you've lived this? When you tell your child, go live your dream, don't listen to anybody tell you no. You're going to have the authority that comes from actually having fucking lived that. What do you think? So true. And you know what? And if I can instill one thing in my child, it would be like, if someone says you can't do it, prove them wrong. Because I'm living proof, right? And, you know, age is nothing but a number. You know, my, my OBGYN told me, she's like, you're one of the youngest people that I have right now in terms of who's delivering. She's like, the last few deliveries I've had, Two of the women were 47. Another one was 46. I was just like, wow. It, it just, it made me when, when she said to me, you're one of the youngest people, you know, and I thought, you know, walking in the expectation is be, I'm like the eldest person. She's like, no, two women came in here and they just had a baby natural. Like, you know, they said at 47, 
full term. And I was like, fantastic. So then I thought to myself, maybe why not stop at one kid? Maybe have two, right? Like, if, <laughs> right? Chicken, a new, according to the proof that your physician gave you, you're a spring chicken. You got plenty of time, girl, to how you can be the old woman in a shoe with all your kids. That's it. Um, <laughs> that's funny because at the same time that I delivered Asher, there was another woman in labor. She was 47. So we both have experiences in our life now with 47-year-old women like in the practice, like getting ready to have babies. But I, I just love that. And, and bless you, woman, and bless your family, bless this baby for being willing to shine some light on this because you're changing someone's life right now. You know, you being willing to share your story and, and all of the, the blessings that come along with that, the, the grit, the you keeping a promise to yourself to always be that person that is willing to prove other people wrong, not because you're in the business of proving people wrong, but because you have a responsibility to you, to what you're meant to do here. That's really what this is about. This is why I always tell women, don't you dare forget that that desire in your heart is there because it was meant for you. This is bigger than just becoming a mom. It's about living your purpose. And it's such a delight in my heart to see the genuine smile on your face, to see that glow, and to, to see you as a woman who has truly earned this joy. Like it, It's such a blessing. And I thank you so much. Thank you for sharing what you've shared here. Thank you so much, Roseanne. Loves wasn't a news story, just so incredibly inspiring. Like if you did, if a tear did not come to your eye, woman, you need to get a checkup from the neck up because that is truly an extraordinary story and should just make your heart skip a beat knowing that, hey, it doesn't matter. You can have all kinds of people telling you, oh, you got a less than 1% chance. And, you know, my ladies just have an incredible way of beating the odds. She's not the only one in the 1%. <laughs> my ladies are truly extraordinary. So look, it's time for you to learn what Anu learned. And if you would love the opportunity to take that to the next level and have the chance to work with me, my Fearlessly Fertile Method program is for women who intend to get pregnant in the next 12 months and say hell to the yes when it comes to covering their bases, mind and body, so you don't have to look back on this time in your life with regret. I work with women who are committed to success. To apply for your interview for this revolutionary program that has served so many women around the world and helped change so many lives, go to my website, www.frommaybetobaby.com and apply for time for an interview there. My methodologies help women around the world make their mom dreams come true. Their results, as you heard, speak for themselves. If you don't have a mindset for success on this journey, my darling woman, you got a gaping hole in your strategy. Let's fix that shit and set you up for success. Till next time, change your mindset, change your results. Love this episode of the Fearlessly Fertile podcast? Subscribe now and leave an awesome review. Remember, the desire in your heart to be a mom is there because it was meant for you. When it comes to your dreams, keep saying hell yes.